Ladies and gentlemen, you're rocking with a goat. Ken Dow giving you motivation for growth. Two toes down, he keep it realer than most. He do it for the culture, that's always the goal. This is Strategic Moves with Ken Dow. This is Strategic Moves with Ken Dow. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? You tuned in to another episode of Strategic Moves. I'm your host, Ken Dow. This is a place where we bring art, culture, politics, and business all together. And we do it every Sunday right here on this channel. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about talent, raw talent. And when I say raw talent, there's a few people in this town who's been delivering and helping our young people use their talents to go to the next level. And if you hadn't heard about raw talent sports, check out this little video and you'll see. Off season is here, and you're not satisfied. All the way, all the way. So you ready to get back to work, speed training, skills training, and you looking for a place you can get it all done in one spot. Well, welcome to Raw Talent. We breed champions. We just believe in the process, and I mean. This is uh, Duran Grant, one of our captains. We're the best. You can't get no better. We're Super Bowl champions. Don't matter what The Cleveland Browns select Denzel Ward. Athletes that walk through these doors are different because the standard is different. So their hunger is different. They're trying to become the next. I mean, new highest paid cornerback in NFL history, Denzel Ward. Oh! change. So everybody, I would like you to welcome Mr. Mark Harris to our program. So Mark, how you doing, sir? I'm um, glad to be here. I'm glad you finally made it here. It was difficult getting this brother here, y'all. Y'all just don't even understand how difficult it was trying to get here. This guy was a hard man to get here, but I'm glad he made it here. Because there, this program to me, Mark, it, it means a lot to me because there are few people that um, when I got into this, I said, you know, there's people I really wanted to interview and talk to because I thought they were important and people who I made this program that I thought were people that I thought were awesome and doing good things in the community. And you were one of these guys. Um, I know I met you years ago and um, it, it was funny. I was telling somebody about it um, when we first met, like everybody who meets Mark, um, I was, my son was playing Muni football somewhere and somebody walked up and said, Oh man, your kid going to be a big kid. You ought to be taking him to raw talent. Like what is raw talent? Oh, Mark Harris, he's training kids over there. You ought to go meet him. And, um, and I took both of my kids, Anthony and Brandon at that time. And, um, Mark got a way of making everybody kid feel as if they're going to be great. Trust me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Mark, pump you up. He get your kids in there, boy. He get them in there. He gonna tell them they all going to the league That's and they cool. all gonna be great. But I got my got my kids there. Met Mark, and the funniest part about it, I remember I had we was working to this group called Blacks United and Local Democracy Bill, and I had some tickets to a dinner. And at the dinner, I went to Mark and I said, "Hey, Mark, you want to go to this dinner? I got two tickets, man." I said, "I'm gonna have this awesome guy speaking there. His name is Reverend Harris." And Mark looked at the ticket and said, man, this is my dad. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, really? Okay, damn. Okay, brother. And, and I knew his dad before I knew you. And, and working with his dad, his dad was always cool, super awesome, awesome guy. And so from there, I, I met Mark, and Mark was taking care of my sons and helping them to get yep. through that process ever since then. So without further ado, Mark Harris, I wanted to you know, tell you that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because there's very few people who I really appreciate. You one of them, so I wanted to tell I you that. that. So tell us about raw talent, and also before we get into raw talent, tell us about yourself, Mark. So you are a PK, a preacher's kid. You grew yes. up with Reverend, one of Reverend Harris's kids growing up. What was it like growing up in the Harris uh, household, man? Man, listen, I can't <laughs> speak on every PK, but with Reverend Harris, oh my goodness, my dad is a preacher's preacher you okay. know what i'm saying he lived that and so everything that we we experienced it from not just the experience itself but dad and the religious values that he installed in mm -hmm. us around mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and, and it was just sometimes you know sometimes it can be overwhelming right right everything was by the book of deuteronomy you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everything was about you know some script like no matter what i went through Right. You know, I, I could have, as a kid, used the bathroom on the floor on accident. And mm -hmm. He's going to find a way that some scriptures, <laughs> they ain't do that in Ezekiel. You know what I'm saying? You, right. you got to gotta work on that. Mm -hmm. so he always, you know, and for a while as a young guy, that was annoying growing up. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like everything was compared or used or, mm -hmm. you know, strategically around, you know, the scripture. The scripture. But. You know, as I gotten older, I understood. Was, was he was he strict? Yeah, yeah that's why. Yeah, he's strict, yeah. brother man. Pastor strict. Harris, strict guy. Let me tell you something. I got stories. I don't know how long we got. Yeah, you, 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 brother. This you, man. we one of the guys I want to hear. So Listen, we gonna talk as long man, as you want. He's true to this, right? He okay. was true to the scripture. He was true to the moral compass that he wanted old Kim and mm -hmm. I to have. Mm -hmm. Um, he didn't play on certain things. Okay, cutting up in school, mm -hmm. disrespect to adults. Mm -hmm. He wasn't playing that. Somebody's picking on you. You can turn the cheek for mm -hmm. eight seconds. <laughs> but if they continue past eight All right. seconds, All right. okay. Your, your job is to take care of business. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that he just did not play, but he also made us think. Mm -hmm. There were things that he would do that, you know, would just, and I kind of used that at raw talent. Like I remember one time I was getting upset that my brother, he was, you know, Doe was getting real big. People don't mm -hmm. understand that Doe was, was very muscular growing mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. way past his time. Mm -hmm. And I would be so jealous of that because he had really? all the attention. Yeah, I was just a skinny, dark-skinned kid, mm -hmm. no muscles. Well, he was the youngest, though, right? I'm the no, I'm the middle child. You're the middle. Kim's okay, the youngest. Okay, all right. But you know, Doe would. You know, he had a, he had it. Right. The girls loved him. Mm -hmm. My mother's half Native American. People don't know okay. that. Okay. Yeah, my mom is half Native American. Mm -hmm. Well, at least a good chunk of it Native American. Okay. So Doe's hair was a little bit different from ours. Okay. Tanner skin, hazel mm -hmm. eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you're right. Yeah, yeah right. a little different. Right. So, and and so, you know, growing up, everybody was just at him. So I remember one day I was so upset. I was just jealous. And mm -hmm. so my dad said, you up here mad about what Doe got going on. What you going to do about it? You mm. know, what, what you going to do about it? What, do you, I mean, what do you want to do? 
think about it, dream about it. He said, you know what, go in this room. He took us in the room and he made us lay down um, head to head. You know, our mm-hmm. face opposite way, cut the lights out. He just told me, dream, dream, wherever you want. Instead of being mad at somebody else about what you do and don't mm-hmm. got, mm-hmm. you know, dream on what you want. Mm-hmm. Dream on it. Mm-hmm. And he would throw on this music. He had some Phil Collins on. <laughs> I, can see. I mean, this really? the way he preached, uh-huh. that is the way that that man lived. Like, mm. he made us, he was very thoughtful mm-hmm. on how he wanted to get the point across. Well, you know, that was one of the ways I met him. Really? And, and it was because of um, Angela Woodson. I, I, I shout her out. She, um, I was working on some campaign. Matter of fact, I know exactly which campaign it was. It was the Arts and Culture Levy. Okay. was first coming out and they wanted to make um, arts and culture a levy and stuff. And they wanted me to do my thing and work on the campaign. And I was working with the pastors and she said, you need to go get Reverend Harris. And I'm like, why Harris? And she's like, he's the most artistic pastor we got. She's like, he'd be jumping from the rafters yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and she said, man. he's very artistic. And that was the moment I met him and me and him been cool ever since. And I met him and it was sort of like we knew each other and you know how your pastor is, man. Took me in the office. Try <laughs> Every time I think about them water machines, I think about him because he <laughs> swore that water machine, he the best water yeah, yeah. Since to coming out of the springs. Yeah, 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 <laughs> He's yeah. like, you got to trace this water. You, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we did that. And, and he's been cool ever since then. But yeah, I could tell he was very artistic growing up. Yeah, he really just lived out. And everybody knew him. I got another story. Mm-hmm. So Denzel Ward is getting drafted. Mm-hmm. So um nicole his mom had called and said hey mark we want to give you tickets fly you down and Mm -hmm. i'm like what right my wife she wanted to go but she knew that was some a father-son thing doe couldn't make it for that reason so it was just me and my dad went so it's the day before the draft and they have this you know brunch it's oh man it's beautiful out there in dallas texas and we're eating in this real nice hotel i forgot the name of the hotel it's really nice and we're eating our food. And while I'm eating the food, you know, because all these guys are in the players or mm-hmm. whatever, but you don't know who's a player. You just know there's some big dude. It could be his cousin. Right. So we're eating our food. I'm eating our breakfast. And across the table from where me and my dad was sitting at, this guy, this big dude, keeps turning around looking at us. Now, I don't know if he's looking behind us. Then he's looking at my dad. And the guy who with him was looking at my dad. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't a pleasant look, but it mm. just kept happening. And every time I looked up, you know how you said you kind of catch eyes, hoping yeah. that you don't catch eyes. Right. You catch, so I'm like, man, what's going on, right? So Roger Goodell is about to come in to get everybody to come out. He's going to address all the, the draftees mm-hmm. coming in. So we, we all had to leave out, and the draft players are going to stay in, and all the rest are going to come in, and the players and whoever's going to speak. As we're walking out, I'm thinking, okay, we're past that, whatever that was. As we walk out, that guy stops, stops us, and this big dude, I'm, I'm recognizing I know this big dude. I'm like, you can't be a player because the players are coming in and we're leaving out. Mm-hmm. He stops my dad. He said, are you from Cleveland? The guy the, mm-hmm. who was with the big dude. He said, my dad said, yes. So are you a preacher? And my dad said, yeah, Pastor Harris, the demonstrational preacher. Wow. Oh, the guy who pops out the casket? That guy? <laughs> so it went from a, I'm like, oh, we about to have some smoke. So I'm like, Dad, what'd you do? You ain't told me about it. But it went to that. To, Man, you did these things. The guy used to play for the Cleveland Browns. Wow. And while he was playing there, he would come to church with one of the friends, lady friends he was mm-hmm. dating at the time. And he ended up being the, I forgot that man's name. He ended up being the assistant, the liaison for NC State. Wow. That big dude with Bradley Chubb. Wow. And so he's telling Bradley Chubb's parents to meet me and well, meet my dad. And, wow. 
you know, and so I say that story because there was no place that I can go. Mm-hmm. Remember one time we had a bus tour, we went to California. Mm-hmm. That bus went to California. Somebody looking at me up and down. Mm-hmm. You Derek's son. I'm like, nah, I'm Larry's son. I use either Larry's son or Derek's son. Right. So you ain't crazy because Derek was crazy. You good you Larry's son. And, you know, but no matter where right. we went, That's you know, people had good things to mm-hmm. say about my mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. That makes you feel good as a person. So right. to know who I am, mm-hmm. I'm Pastor Larry L. Harris's son. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I basically live my life not to please him, mm-hmm. but not to burden him either. Okay. We had our moments. Right. But, you know, I really was blessed. I'm still blessed mm-hmm. to have him as a father because even though it had restraints on you, mm-hmm. it's still, it was the foundation that I needed. Mm-hmm. You know, that a lot of these young men need that we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah, it's, right. It's, it's bad right, now. Right. And I'm, I'm really one of the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. I had Pastor Larry L. Harris, mm-hmm. as crazy as he can be, <laughs> <laughs> as wild as he can be with how you want to get his point across. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's kind of what me, raw talent. So let's talk about that then, um, coming from that and growing up in that you went, what high school you went to? You went to Shaker, Shaker right? Shaker. You guys were always the in Shaker. The Shaker High High School. And you weren't a bad athlete yourself, right? Wow. You know, you played football and you was a wrestler though, right? Football I, and wrestling. Football and wrestling. And how, how well did you do? So uh, I was picked a place in the States in high school. I was 26 and 0. Mm. And uh, up until. You know, I remember your story. So go ahead. Up until sectionals. Yeah. And, yeah. Tell everybody about um, that story. Well, my mom's mom, Native American, she, um, she was dying with cancer. Mm-hmm. And so right before the season kicked off, my mom and dad, because my mom's only child. Mm-hmm. They just, my mom's from Spring Hill, Louisiana. Wow. So when my mom's mom got sick, my mm-hmm. mom took off. Right. My dad was back at mm-hmm. home at first, but then, you know, he got to be with his wife. Mm-hmm. So basically my senior year, I'm left to hold down the fort. Wow. Now my previous year, my junior year, I was 15 and five. I had beat some state place winners. I was really starting to catch on, but then I dislocated. I just, I had a sublocation of my shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't finish the season. So I was robbed of that opportunity my junior year with that experience of going down the state. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have won it. Maybe I was just placed. I don't know about that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I was robbed of that. So in my senior year, here we go again, some drama. My mom and dad took off to Spring Hill, Louisiana. My dad mm-hmm. to be by her side. And so I'm holding down the fort. Mm-hmm. I got a girlfriend now, <laughs> my wife now, girlfriend then. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, she decides that she wants to become a woman while my mom is right. out of town and right. I'm here. And right. I was, and I had a, a foster brother um, who was staying with me. He wasn't okay. my foster brother, but to go to Shaker, we took right. him in. Uh-huh. Um, so I was one on the fourth mm-hmm. and my matches kept getting closer and closer, but I was winning. Who was the dough? Uh, Doe was in college. Oh, Doe was gone. Yeah, so Doe was back and forth as best he can, but it's me. But he's big brother, anyway. He's gone. You know that is. So yeah, yeah. I'm holding down the fort. And so, man, I just, my, I was, it was hard cutting weight. I was cutting 20 pounds a week because mm. I was 165 naturally. Okay. But also these two twin brothers who were good, you know, mm-hmm. we all three were on the same weight and mm-hmm. I was better than all. All of them, okay. right? So you want all three of us in the lineup. So I was a thinner of the three. So mm-hmm. I would cut down to one forty-five. Wow. Without my mom making those meals and making sure that strict, you know, that, mm-hmm. that foundation was there, that was tough. Mm-hmm. And so it got down to sectionals, and I remember right before sectionals, my grandmother had passed. Mm-hmm. Went down to see her, mm-hmm. and I remember her. She didn't want to. She knew she was about to fade out of here, mm-hmm. and she's going to see us for the last time. And she threw her blanket over her head because she didn't want to see us go. Because she knows going to be last time. 
kid for the longest. I could not shake that. Really? Yeah, because she was the only one that would really make sure that I wouldn't get missed. Mm. Because you know, I'm a middle child, and right. Doe was very right. special with his right. musical right. talents. Right. Kim was cute and she could sing. <laughs> I was just this dark skinned, skinny boy with glasses. <laughs> everybody laughed at. Uh -huh. So, my grandmother always made sure every birthday, everybody got something. Wow. She just really tried to go out of her way because she understood I was a middle child. Mm -hmm. I didn't have no talents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, wow. you know, with that being said, you know, I went into sections with that and things were just kind of spiraling out of hand. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't close the deal, didn't make it out of the state. I ended up going to college and wrestling on accident on a football scholarship. Mm. I was beating up the football players. Really? Yeah, I would like you know take downs for money. Right. Like I bet you I could take you down. And right. So I would take them down, but then the coach got tired of me. When the summer training is <laughs> happening, the wrestling team is out there in precondition. You know, okay. get ready for the season. He went and yelled out, "Hey, Coach Arstrander." I got a guy who can beat your guys. And I'm like, no, these are wrestlers. <laughs> right. Your football players, those linemen, they're not wrestlers. They're, right. Those are just big guys. They're just big guys. I right. can slam them. Mm -hmm. This is a wrestler. He made a steak dinner bet on my behalf that I would go out and I could beat him. He said, Harris, just go win the match and get us the steak dinner, mm. and I got you. So I ended up going off of the team and um, not taking it serious because these guys are serious. This right. is college wrestling. So you're on the team. It was an open tournament. Mm. And so I end up having to not wrestle in the open tournament. You could put two guys at the same weight class mm -hmm. representing the same school. Mm -hmm. Well, somehow I kept winning. Mm. I ended up going against him in the finals. They're really? starter. And I beat him. Wow. Yep. And so from there, now that was 176. Mm -hmm. And um I, You was I, wrestling at 176? Yeah. Wow. Because I, my natural weight really at that time, mm -hmm. I get into college, I'm like 180. But 176. Well, you ain't skinny no more at 180. No, at that time. No, right. I, no, I was starting to put on some weight. Right, right. So I beat that guy in the mm -hmm. finals. And it was like, uh, so I was going to quit. I okay. got the, when the steak dinner, right? And mm -hmm. it was over. No, not in Iowa. Mm. Remember, that's why I was born. I'm born in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. Yeah, I ain't from Cleveland. No. I was born in Des Moines. Okay. I thought you knew that. No, yeah, I know. Dad, Dad met my mother at Drake University. Wow. And that's where you know, uh, T-Boz used to stay with my mom. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Like, she, my, my family... They like they would stay down the street. So when did y'all move to Cleveland? Second grade. Second grade. Wow. Yeah, second okay. grade. But yeah, so in Iowa, you good in wrestling, mm -hmm. you're not quitting this team. Wow. And it was like, nah, you're gonna wrestle this way. And then it was, you know, I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so I kept going. I made it to nationals. But what yeah. ended up happening is um they changed my weight class. Somebody got hurt, they put the guy who I beat, he was mad that he's not in. Mm -hmm. So they put him in at that weight class and they gave me the option to wrestle up because mm. somebody got hurt. Okay. So I went up. I ain't got to cut no weight. Fine. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm strong. I can handle my own. Mm -hmm. I'm like not losing. Mm -hmm. So I get down to nationals and I make it to semis. And I'm wrestling this guy who was oddly built. Mm. Ken, when I say this guy was unbelievably strong. Mm -hmm. When you wrestling 197. Yeah. You're almost 200 pounds, man. That's but, what I'm but, saying. But, I, but at that time, I'm starting to be around 186. 180, okay. So it's not no problem for me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Those guys are cutting for major weight, like 200. Oh, right, right. They cutting. Yeah, exactly. Guess who that guy was? I didn't mm -hmm. even know until about a couple of years ago when he won a UFC championship. Ooh. Daniel Cormier. Ooh, really? I lost to him. He wrestled for Colby, Kansas, which was in our conference, but I didn't have to wrestle him at the time because I was in the low oh. weight class. Okay. Daniel Cormier, I lost him in semis. 
Wow, that's well. That's a yep. good one to lose to. Ninety-seven, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, that's yeah. that's. Cormier was a beast. That was the strongest man. Only lost no. Only lost by the two. Okay. Now, okay. You know, ain't no, ain't no joke <laughs> over here. But when I tell everybody the story, like this is the strongest guy I've ever met in my whole entire life. Like, right. He looks like nothing. Right. You see his built. He ain't being right. built like no. Soft spoken guy. Mm-hmm. That dude was a warrior. Wow. Almost lost my eyeball trying to stop. It felt like it. Right. Trying to stop him from taking me down. The pressure was like mm. ridiculous. Really? Yeah. So, man, like wrestling was really the sport that my dad wanted me to do. Right. That's what he always talked he about. He always wanted me because I was really good at it. I yeah. can, you can have my leg and I'll flip out of there and then take you down. Mm. But I didn't never like it because mm. no. he made me do it. Because he made you do yeah. it. Oh, you wanted to play football. All I wanted to do was play football. Everybody kept telling me how good I wasn't, or more so, I was just small. So they kept putting people in front of me and didn't give me the opportunity. So why was the resentment? Why you didn't want to play because dad wanted you to play and you was good at it. So I was good at it, but I went out for the basketball team. I mm-hmm. wanted to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play football and basketball. I went out for the basketball team and I was making it. And dad came in one day and said, that's done. You want to wrestle. Oh, because they were playing at the same time. and mm-hmm. So he wanted you to wrestle. He was like, you're wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's done. Wow. And so I'm like, I'm going to do fight him. Wow. No. <laughs> I, got, I got more stories for you. You ain't fighting him. <laughs> and that man could run too. And I ran at that time four or five. And that man really. Oh my god, yeah. Uh-huh. But he, he told me what I had to do. I was always that way. Mm-hmm. I was going to be respectful with it. But so he made me wrestle. So I was losing every wrestle. Uh, this is my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I was losing every match on purpose. I made varsity. Wow. And I was losing every match on purpose. Mm. Like I would not even try. I was zero and fifteen. <laughs> Really? Yep. And then he said, he tricked me. Ken, he's good. <laughs> he said, okay, you've done all you can do. I see you gave it everything you got. And you did what I actually do. You will be. So at this point, you can quit. You don't have to wrestle no more. You lost your last match. And mm-hmm. You don't have to wrestle no more. You, you did everything I asked you to do. At that point, I'm like, no, I didn't even try. Right. So I, well, hold on. So you said I could quit? Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. I ain't quitting on a loss. I went 5-15 and 15 and won the whole league. Wow. And then five and fifteen. Five and 15. <laughs> the last five matches was all league matches. Okay. I went right. five and fifteen. Right. I never lost a match again from that point. Wow. And then I ended up messing around my sophomore year, getting ready for sectionals, you know what I'm saying? And fighting back through that. And I was like, dang, you know, mm-hmm. all right, whatever. So then my junior year, once again, I was doing I was fifteen and five. Mm. And then messed my shoulder up. Here's my senior year, boom. So did you, you went to college, you say, but on a football scholarship. I went to college. I went to Iowa Central Community College. I had to get my grades up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the importance of, well, you're eligible to play high school football, but you're not eligible through the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't know that. My dad was making sure his kids weren't cutting up the school mm-hmm. and wasn't failing. Mm-hmm. But my GPA at the time from all those years of okay. just being right. eligible, 1.9999, right. 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 the longest nine. Right. And so <laughs> I ended up going to a school, Iowa Central, because mm-hmm. he was familiar with because mm-hmm. he played junior college football in Iowa. Okay. Went to a school called Centerville. Okay. So I went to Iowa Central in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And they had an excellent football wrestling program. They gave me a good package, saved them money. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and started on you know, football and wrestling. And for football and wrestling. Yeah, made All American. Okay. You know, made nationals in wrestling and made all American football. So I came to that school with like one offer mm-hmm. from Mountain Union and I had a wrestling scholarship offer, but my GPA was too low from OU. Okay. They really wanted me. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up going there, doing well. I had about 43 offers, leaving out of there. Mm. Yeah, I had some Big Ten offers, but I was just so ready to get back home. Right. That when 
Kent State. I was I was about to either go to Iowa State. I was considering Mississippi or North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Hypo. Okay. Uh, who is Josh Hypo's dad? Who okay. is the coach over at uh, what's name now? Uh, he's I think he's coach at Tennessee. Okay. I ended up just choosing Kent State University. My girlfriend there, my mm-hmm. wife now. I wanted to get back home. How, how long you played at Kent? You finished Kent? I was a two year. Yeah, I mm-hmm. played. So as I got there, they had a guy in front of me. Mm-hmm. And um, after the Youngstown State game, they put me in. I had to guard Randy Moss for a little bit. Really? Because uh, he played for uh, Marshall. Okay. And it never looked back. Wow. So you you was a DB? Yeah, as your, as your corner. Yeah. You was I was off as a nickel because I was a late transfer in. So they already okay. had a guy at the starting position, but they recruited me for a reason. He was faster than me. He ran pure four three, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a technician. And I was I was dog nasty. And then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And when he got hurt, it was over. So so you went from that to um, coming out of school, and you what made you decide to get into the raw talent? I had shot by uh, this arena football teams that was coming out. That was pretty popular then. Yeah, I remember so that. So I went to arena football tryout. Mm-hmm. It was the Buffalo Destroyers. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, the process is so brutal. I kind of run raw talent the same way. Mm-hmm. So I'm destroying these guys, but it was just politics. You know, mm-hmm. guys who they knew and had some NFL experience. And that's also a money grab those mm-hmm. trials. I end up getting picked up by Arena 2 team. They okay. saw me. It was like, hey, you killed this workout. So mm-hmm. if they don't pick you up, we'll take you. Well, Arena 2 money is not the same as Arena 1 money. Well, so what is, the, for our listeners who don't know when you what say is, that, what is the money yeah, when you say that? At that time, the average salary for Arena 1 football, mm-hmm. which was pretty popular, it was on TV and everything, mm-hmm. was around. That was our, what, the gladiators yeah, we had? We had okay. gladiators okay. and stuff like that. So at that time, it was like around $43,000, $50,000 to play football for five months. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then you get yourself more exposure. Mm-hmm. It was really what the NFL needed as mm-hmm. a hybrid mm-hmm. segue for, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like a G team or, you know, right. Um, but you know, it was just kind of getting going and it was pretty popular at mm-hmm. that point. I remember. Right. But then the arena two team were, you'll get paid like $500 a game. Wow. So, you know, you play a lot of games, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not, you better have a day job. You know? <laughs> right. And, and don't there. get hurt. Yeah. And at that time, that was what I kind of had to resort to because of some other things that had happened. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go play some football and see how this go. Mm-hmm. So while I was down there, I kept getting phone calls. Nate Clements had called. Justin Fraley was his name. He went to Benedictine to go to the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was dating my sister for a hot second. Like guys would call me. Cause I was just starting raw talent, okay. You know, mm-hmm. but I was just training guys. It mm-hmm. wasn't called raw talent. It was just right. Mark Ayers up at the spot. Cause mm-hmm. I would make the guys from Shaker. We was in college, come home, okay. And when we came home from school, we would just work out the Shaker boys doing our workouts that we okay. learned mm-hmm. at school. But then it just started growing. People started asking, "Hey, where are you home?" Cause I want to work or get some work in. These guys are playing Division One ball. Mm-hmm. So it was in the back of my mind. Well, maybe I should do this, you mm-hmm. know. But kind of wanted to see out the process of trying to pursue my dream of playing in the NFL. So I end up out of nowhere in the middle of that arena two football season. I don't know who did it. I got a call from the Buffalo Bills. Really? You know, Rochester's like 20 minutes away. Right. I don't know how they saw me. I don't know. The Lord, according to dad growing up, the Lord. <laughs> well, you know what he said. It was, yeah, it was happening. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> it was in the cars a long time ago. And that's all I ever <laughs> wanted to do was to prove to my dad that I, I could can make I the league. Right. So when they called me in, I had just earlier that couple months ago had a high ankle sprain. Mm. And man, I was all messed up. Mm. I, I got through the season. I'm getting through the season. That phone call happened. And a guy was like, hey, we want you to come in for a workout. 
And I'm like, okay, yeah, but I had a high ankle sprain. And it was like, so you telling me you're not coming? I said, I'll be there. <laughs> and on that high ankle sprain, I ran a 4.52. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I ran a 4.52. I killed that thing. And in the drills, I just destroyed it. Mm. And dad don't get emotional, but I could tell he was proud of his son. Mm-hmm. And so he then, went with you on that Yeah, one. he was there. He, okay. I, I made sure he came and got me <laughs> and took me there. Okay. And so for, for a hot second, my mm-hmm. dad saw me have a Buffalo Bills jersey on. Okay. Took the pictures and all that. You seen that. All right. You got that from your son. Right. You know, people doubted me. Lightweight doubted, but you've seen it. <laughs> right. And we up at Orchard Park together. Right. And I wouldn't want nobody else at that process with me but him. Mm-hmm. And so we went through that and I got that taste. They actually wanted to sign me. Okay. I think it was a lockout. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to wait. They were calling me every week just to make sure I didn't go anywhere. My wow. wife felt this. She's like, this is real. Mm-hmm. But they were taking too long. Fast forward the story. I got to get money because at mm-hmm. this point, I'm only making $500 a game. Right. If the coach want to sit you a game, you don't make no money in that game. Wow. And I wasn't a friend of his because I started kind of going off on him a little bit mm-hmm. because this wasn't even a real team. This is what he was doing. I'm like, man, I come from a Division One program. This ain't it. Right. Right. I end up getting a phone call from the Buffalo Destroyers who was at that workout. The team I originally tried okay. out for, right. they were at that workout for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And it was like, look, they taking too long. We got a contract for you for 43000 you want it or not? I said, yeah. I live in Buffalo for 43000 Ain't number three and a half hours from Cleveland. Right, right. So I went to sign that contract. I'm happy. They folded ah. and moved to Columbus Destroyers. Mm. Spielman's the coach um, and Earl Bruce. They're mm. the coaches for that team. So now I'm thinking, cool, I'm coming home. No, that team comes unencumbered. You have to now rework out. New or a team already signed a contract for. Oh God! Lord, what are you saying? What's uh, going on here? Uh, but I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna kill this. I, I'm faster at this point. I'm back to around my ankles heal. I'm mm-hmm. running at least four four three, mm-hmm. so I'm back. So I go and do that tryout. I move back home. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we out of here. We out of Rochester. Right. <laughs> Man, I destroyed that camp. Destroyed it. At the end of the camp, he comes up to me and says, "Listen, you're the best DB here by far, but we're in Columbus." They got some Ohio State guys, Damon Moore and Gary Berry, mm. Ohio State alums. These guys with some dogs, and they kind of they're gonna go that route. Wow, I am heartbroken. So I knew that I was coming back home. I thought I was gonna just make the team. They're gonna go celebrate. We went to Valley View movie theaters to go watch Finding Nemo with the kids. I'm <laughs> it's all gonna be good. And as I'm in there, I'm heartbroken. I did not know how to tell my wife what was going on. Oh. Because I got a whole family at this point. Right. I'm married with two kids. Right. We're trying to make it. So you knew and nobody else knew. She didn't know. Mm. And so, you know, I said, I, I told her, I'll find out. Mm. I'm in that movie. And it gets to a part where the, the one fish gets caught in the net. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, just keep swimming. When she was saying that, Ken, I'm in the corner. Balling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm balling the corner. My wife was like, Oh. What's going on? I said, I didn't make the team. Mm. And she just hugged me. She said, but you're here with your family. Mm. And just keep swimming. And I just kept, and I went home, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of messed up, but I was encouraged. Right. Why did I wake up that morning? The Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Destroyers, I mean, Columbus Destroyers had called me mm. and said, hey, we want to bring you in as a DS, a two-way player, but we have to bring you as a receiver because we don't have room for a DS. Mm-hmm. They kind of got that guy, but we know you're better than those guys. Come in as a receiver, and I'm going to let you get some defensive back reps. So mm. we're going to sign you to a $46,000 contract. 
Okay. And you're going to come as a receiver. Now they don't know I can't catch. But, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here when they singing this hey, to you like, damn, Mark, are you a receiver? You know I can't catch. I can get open. Yeah, you know, know, I, can, you know I can catch a fly ball. Right. I can catch incredible passes. But those passes, you guys, you got catching these man, days. They like. Man, it was. So I get in there. I never played receiver. They had me there doing the receiver drills. It was like, Harris, go DB. Oh, oh, he was. Yeah, yeah I, I destroyed I, it. My roommate uh-huh. was Damon Moore. Oh. The guy who's supposed to replace me uh-huh. on the roster. Uh-huh. After a week of workouts, Damon Moore, I came in the room. He's packing his bags. I said, what's going on? You getting, you getting back? Because he was from the NFL. He was the Bears. and he, uh-huh. came from the he said, let me tell you something, man. Who'd you play for? I said, I just played in college and I played at Arena Football, you know, Arena 2. He said, you never played in the NFL? I said, no. He said, man, you weren't the coldest DB I ever met. Mm. Your jam press coverage is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You like man, you like you got this. Like, what are you training? I said, I just train myself. Mm-hmm. I just train high school kids and I go home. He said, Man, I'm out. I ain't making this team. He said, You a dog. Look, I'm out. I'll make this a little easier for you. Mm-hmm. And he walked out. Mm-hmm. I'm on the team. Everything's going good. I got an interception. I bruised my heel getting an interception. Coming up with the ball, bruised my heel a little bit, but it was not permanent. It was just, but I did not want to miss this big scrimmage we had. And they told me, Mark, just sit down. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't getting nobody to take this money from you, right? So mm-hmm. I played. Because you hard. wouldn't paid if you didn't go on the scrimmage? When you, they, make, they do a song. If you're hurt, mm-hmm. they'll come around, almost every organization, they'll come around and sing this song. Can't make the club in the tub. Mm. Like they'll get everybody to come singing. Oh my bad. Mm. Can't make the club in the tub, and you feel that pressure. No, you got to play. Mm. So with a bruised heel, and you ever bruised your heel, it's hard to take a step. Okay. Because you feel that sensation all through your mm-hmm. foot and coming mm-hmm. through your heel. But man, I put that shoe on, but I didn't have it, and mm. it was one of the worst times. A guy who I normally dominate, mm. like they put this guy against me. Oh, this is gonna be this is. I had my worst day, and wow. it was still a good day, but I made my worst day mm-hmm. uh, on that day, and I literally got cut the next day. Really? And I was like Earl. Br- Chris Spielman and I still had a relationship for the longest, mm-hmm. like, because he did not like how that went. But it was once again, they wanted to sell tickets. I think tickets were low, and they brought Damon Moore and Gary Berry back. Mm. They brought them wow. back to sell tickets. I was the man out. So then I said to myself, man, I'm just driving home. I wasn't even sad. I just said, you know, this is the Lord's will. And the Buffalo Bills called me. Ain't over yet. I'm on my way home, and the Buffalo Bills called. Mm. And they said, hey, this is uh, it was John Guy. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, did we get ready for you? We can bring you in, ready to be a bill. And I was not excited. He said, you don't sound excited. I said, man, I, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. This is it's a lot to deal with. And I got a family. He said, I'll tell you what, it's the weekend. Just give me a call by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like, it, was Tuesday. it was Wednesday. And I'm like, all right, I'll give you a call back by Wednesday. Never called again. You never called? I was at peace with it. I was getting so many phone calls. Hey, Coach Mark, hey, can you do these drills with me? What you doing? Mm. Hey, Clemens call. People are calling like, yeah, I got a chance to show my dad that I can do this, but I think... Hey, what's up? We're going to hear more from Mark Harris, but I want to take a quick moment just for you to be able to subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment, let us know how we're doing, or if there's somebody you think we ought to bring on the program, you can leave it in the comments and we're going to get right on it. See, it's really just that simple. So now let's get back to Mr. Harris and see what he's talking about. You didn't feel you had nothing else to prove. You was good with yourself. You did what you wanted to do with everything else. And I, I think you just got to that point that you just was good with it. And I was good with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was forced to stop playing football in the sandlot, in the streets, mm-hmm. 
when I made varsity football. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was just taking the kids in the neighborhood and start training them. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I just kind of kept doing the training. And that kind of just was my calling. I just mm-hmm. remember it. So when that opportunity came, I was kind of done with all that process. I lived in three cities in one year. Right. Yeah. You that little you that was a, a long trip you just took me through. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. a wild trip in, yeah. in itself. Now the business ain't easy. Oh hell. I, I remember you had some days with raw talent shit. And, uh, you know, that that wasn't like a a, a cakewalk neither. Uh, now no. getting that started and and it had its ups and downs. And yeah. it seems like you're doing really good now though, right? Yeah, everything business is going yeah. well. I'm ready to take that next step. Before we go any further, because we hadn't did that, explain to people. We showed them the video, and if they looked at that, and like, okay, still. Explain to people what is Raw Talent and what you do there at Raw Talent. Raw Talent Sports is, if it depends on what you ask. For mm-hmm. me, Raw Talent Sports started as a training group mm-hmm. working to perfect football players, especially mm-hmm. the defensive backs. It grew mm-hmm. from defensive backs to, mm-hmm. well, I went to showcase with this guy. He did well in drills, but he didn't run a good 40. So let's go work on that. Mm -hmm. So I I was a certified trainer from being an arena football player. That was my second job. Mm -hmm. And so I started training athletes just to be faster and learn how to do the combine stuff. And Mm -hmm. so then it went from there to just bring all these athletes. So Raw Town Sports is basically a one-stop shop for football players who want to play the game of mm-hmm. football in high school or collegiate level. Mm-hmm. And then for athletes, it was a place to develop as an athlete. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speed and strength groups that work on or focus on improving your bench press, improving your size, and trying to improve your linear speed development. They have no clue on how to really make those hips move. Mobility. Change direction, real ability. Mm-hmm. They just kind of go off the textbook stuff of what they understand versus what the athlete really needs mm-hmm. to be considered. So it started off as that and grew into what we see today. Now we got multiple guys who have made to big time collegiate level performances as far as you know, NCAAs, bowl games. Mm-hmm. We got national champions. We got guys who are Super Bowl champions, mm-hmm. pro bowlers. Uh, twice now I've had the highest paid defensive back in NFL history. So let's talk about that, um, your relationship with Denzel Ward. How did that um, matriculate? Denzel's from our church. Okay. So I didn't know Nicole and Paul as much as my dad and brother and sister did because I was that guy in the back who just moved off in the balcony while the right. sermon was happening <laughs> until dad caught me. You know, Nicole had approached me about her son, PJ, and said, hey, you run raw talent. And, you know, your dad speaks a lot about you. Can you help my son? And she said, I heard a lot about your program. That's another thing. That woman is thorough. Mm-hmm. She do her homework. Just she don't play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nicole Ward don't play. Mm-hmm. So her and Paul was like, hey, help PJ. And they paid me to do what I had to do. And we got PJ a couple of offers, some HBCU offers. He became a better defensive back. He was able to play in his position because he was playing DN as a skinny guy. He was playing. What school in. did he go to? He was at Nordonia. Okay. Yeah. Paul right, you know, I did recognize. Yeah, yeah he was at Nordonia. Right. But then we ended up, he ended up going to Ashland and getting his degree there. Okay. And then she came to me the next year and was like, hey, what you did with PJ, I want you to do the exact same thing with Denzel. Mm. And, you know, when I saw him, he was young. And I said, okay, you know, I think he got some gifts. She said, we know you can take him to the next level. He had no offers. Nobody knew who he was. Mm. And so because of Duran Grant, the forefathers of raw town sports, you know, these guys who came before him, I was able to make some phone calls and say, hey, this kid lines up. I, I'm doing my assessment. He, he looked like an unlikely kid too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, because he, he's not skinny, a he's a skinny kid. He quiet. was not and quiet. quiet. I don't say I can look at him, he's quiet. He because I know in your program, 
when when you get it going, it's a lot of kids lot in of there. Kids. And and if you're not that kid, it's easy to get you can lost melt in lost in the shovel. Mm-hmm. And for him to be where he at now, I mean, you, you y'all did some out. he had to pop. He, he did some work out. there. Yeah. And it was more so I remember he lined up to run a 40. Mm-hmm. And he had the wrong hand and foot down. <laughs> he takes off and runs a four five flat. Whoa. That's handheld time, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty mean with that clock. Yeah. Kids never liked my time. Right. Coach Mar, I went somewhere else and ran a faster time. Man, what are they doing? Right. I'm mean. You flinch, I'm gone. Right. And this kid ran a four or five. I never ran again. Four or five one. I had somebody else. I'm like, this boy don't know what he's doing and can run. Mm-hmm. But that don't get me because just because you can run fast on me. Right. Okay, we've seen a lot of them. Then you come out to Saturday, at that time it was Saturday nights. Right. And he was just routing guys up. Nobody can run with him. He's, he on the offensive he's side. He's on the offensive side. Right. So I'm like, and he's about 5'10 at that time. Mm. I said, let me try you at corner. I'm a receiver. So what made you want to play him? Yeah, that's the question because, again, here's a skinny kid. You know, he's fast, but he's a skinny kid. And now we don't want to keep calling him skinny because I, I do want him on my pro. <laughs> You know, yeah, he's a small yeah, kid, all right? He's wiry built. Wiry built. How you convince him to get on defense and what made you see in him that he was a DB? I begged Paul Ward. I begged his father. Mm. I said, just make him, just give me, if you pay attention, just give me 30 minutes with him. Him and Frank Clark never did the whole defensive side of training. Mm-hmm. Just give me 30 minutes. Just give me 30 minutes. I know these drills. First of all, my drills, you know, I was killing them. Right. You didn't want to be over there in the first place. But his dad gave me 30 minutes. Every Sunday, Saturday night, 30 minutes. That's all mm-hmm. I needed. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing some things. And what I knew about recruiting at that time, the five foot nine corner was becoming extinct. Mm-hmm. They wanted five foot ten plus guys, right? Because the receivers were getting tall, and they were basically just throwing the ball up yep. in the air, right? Five foot nine guys. <laughs> you know, it was what they were looking for. I wanted my receivers and DBs to be able to go to a camp and say, "I can do whatever, Coach. Recruit me." I can go either side, right. and he just listened. After a while, he started liking it. Hmm. You know, not so much that he would not do receiver at all. He mm-hmm. wanted to always run a fade on somebody, <laughs> but. When I told him to come over, it was less arguing, mm-hmm. and it was boom. So then when he got into his senior year, going towards his senior year, nobody still knew who he was. So I called Stephen Klingscale, who's the DB coach now for University of Michigan, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, for Ton, that team up north. Mm-hmm. But um, he was, I said, I got a kid. And he was like, who is this guy? I, said, I showed him the tape. His tape was legit, but mm-hmm. you can tell he was thin. So nobody would bite on him. I called automatic schools. Nobody was biting I'm like, man, I'm Mark Harris. I didn't get y'all Duran Grant, right, right. Jordan Maybe I'm giving you guys Shaq Washington. Mm-hmm. I'm Mark Harris. So we go to this camp called the Best of the Midwest, and it's in Indiana. And I kept telling everybody, this kid runs 4-3. Oh, Mark, you're handheld 4-3. All right. <laughs> okay. I said, I'm a mean clocker. He probably runs faster than that. But I guarantee he runs. He's not going to go worse than 4-3-5. He go to that camp. He lined up. He had all these popular kids. Everybody was reporting on mm-hmm. one. I got this skinny kid who don't talk, who stands awkwardly. <laughs> he gets in that 40. Boom. 427. Whoa. Whoa. So everybody was like, hold on. And Coach Andrews, who was the DB coach at Glenville at the time, he he's now the head coach of Euclid. He was like, hold on. And Bill Green, remember Bill Green, mm-hmm. Scout, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, uh, Scout.com? They said, he got to run that again. Run that back. Mm. 
took off, boom, 429. Wow. Nobody wanted to put 4-2 on their clocks because it wasn't um, electronic. Mm. So nobody wanted to be caught giving out a bad time. Right. So everybody gave him 4 3 one. Wow. And so then he did a broad jump, jumped to 10-7. They're like, who the heck is this kid? I said, mm. I told y'all. But I had a couple dudes, Justin Rankin right, right. and Larry. I had some dudes. We, so so, let, showcase so let, let's talk about that because because uh, we can go all over. And I because yeah. I want to go back. One of the things that raw talent does do and, and that you do and, and you do the training, but also talk a little bit about the camps that you take the kids on and the bus tours. And that's what you're talking about. Now. So basically what we're speaking on is the fact that when I, I didn't feel it was any good to train a kid and then not get the kid exposure. Mm -hmm. I started learning what our kids needed by taking these kids to camps. Mm -hmm. But when I looked at these camps and how these kids were getting the offers, I said, I got a gym full of kids that would snatch these kids' souls. Mm -hmm. So then I started saying, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to take y'all kids on a bus tour. We go to certain camps that got multiple schools. Because mm -hmm. I was going to showcases mm -hmm. that had like more than one school there. Right. So whatever kids you got on your bus, there was a school for that kid. Correct. You know, so I said to myself, I'll do a bus tour. And we would go to camps like that. Similar to the college tours where everybody mm -hmm. else, the NAACP, Urban League, they get these kids together. They put them on bus tours to go to various different colleges. You were taking kids, putting them on the bus, and you guys were going to these colleges, and they were working out to get scholarships. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yep. And how long have you been doing that, Mark? Oh, shoot. I would say 13 years. I've been doing that 13 tour. years I've on the bus tour. For 20 years, but mm -hmm. I didn't start doing the bus tour to a certain period of time. So I'll say about 13, maybe 15 years. So if you were to say how many scholarships you think you done got kids in oh, school? Over 500. These over 500 scholarships, oh, personally, just taking kids out there, getting them, coaches looking at them and getting them yeah. into schools. And while we're on that, name some of the kids who then came through your programs that may have went on and did other things. Well, I always got to start off with uh, Jordan Maven, who now works front office for the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. uh, he worked for the Atlanta Falcons, but he went to the NFL. He went to Northwestern University and did very well. Mm -hmm. uh, key names that people would know, obviously Denzel Ward, mm -hmm. uh, Frank Clark. He had no name. Mm -hmm. Don't let nobody lie to you. <laughs> no, no shade to Coach Ginn or nobody. Right. You know, it's, it's a great man. Took on that program in mm -hmm. Glenville. Nobody else wanted it. That man made it happen over there. Mm -hmm. But no one knew who Frank Clark was. He knew who Frank Clark was. Right. Let's not get it twisted. Mm -hmm. But at that point, Frank was not noticeable enough. He wasn't even on the field. Mm -hmm. He finished the season, but I went to school with his uncle. Okay. And his uncle and that kid, and Frank kept saying, mm -hmm. train me. So That's he went correct. on my bus tour. His very first offer was University of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And we just took off from there. Uh, Connor Cook. Connor Cook, yeah. From that program. He was with Anthony yeah. you know, when he was Grant, going there. Grant was from that program. Uh, Donovan Munger. These guys are national champions. Mm -hmm. On that, that 2013, what was that year? 2016? 16. 16 team. Mm -hmm. uh, these guys won national championships. Corey Smith. Mm -hmm. Them boys just coming from Akron. Yeah. When you start doing that bus tour, mm -hmm. the kids are coming from all over. <laughs> uh -huh. One year we had kids come from Columbus. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, well, yeah, you was having kids yeah. come from Columbus yeah. when I was and there. I remember yeah. Canada too. Right, right. We had a raw talent Canada going yeah. on. Right. The guy who was there, he ended up going home. Something happened. He had, mm -hmm. he had to go to, back home to Haiti. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, he was a teammate of mine at Kent mm -hmm. State University. Mm -hmm. So, We've had taken kids all over and gotten them college exposure, got them college scholarships. I mean, not trying to brag, but we literally did the work of mm -hmm. sending out the tapes or at that time and then the text messages, the emails 
of their film, mm -hmm. get a relationship going, and then I start throwing my own showcases. Right. So kids would get offers those. at my showcases showcase as well. Because I will also bring the Division two schools mm -hmm. once they kind of put that NCAA restriction. Right. Of the Division one schools coming. Well, heck, majority of these kids are Division two. Division they're Division two, right? And because I was going to get to that point, uh, name a couple of name a few of the schools that you did when you did your tours. You go to. So we always go to Ohio State. Okay. So Ohio State is one of the key schools that we have. Mm -hmm. Twenty plus schools there. Mm -hmm. University of Michigan. To have a bunch of schools there. Mm -hmm. West Virginia, these are schools that are nearby, so they didn't cost a lot on the bus because right. they make it feasible for the parents um, go there. But, but when we first started, we went all the way out to Georgia. We would go to remember, Georgia I remember, first. Yeah, I was all over Because I was in this ego thing. <laughs> right, you was on the road, and, road. And remember, I had Latuan Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Let's not forget Tuan. Right, you know? right, right. Supposed to be coming out soon. Mm -hmm. uh, but Latuan Anderson was out there, and uh, Cam Anko. Mm -hmm. I mean, this white kid from Walsh, Jesuit, mm -hmm. who ran a 441. Wow. 441 laser, 437. Got a first offer at Georgia Tech. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's like we were bringing, but then our kids were so battle tested. Mm -hmm. When we got to these camps, we devoured people. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. There was only one particular group that started to give us competition. I'll say two. A group called Sound Mind, Sound Body. I don't know if you remember that group out of Michigan, okay. Detroit. Them boys was always ready because they saw what we were doing okay. and said, well, we can do that in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And there's another group called AWP out of Fort Wayne. Wow. I rely on respect to Mike Lito. He's now doing great things with representing mm -hmm. players out of Dallas, Texas. But you know, we, we take these kids to certain schools that had multiple schools there. I never really like going to a school that only had just them hosting it because if they only like two or three kids, well, heck, I got 40 some other kids on this bus. Mm -hmm. it just don't make any sense. So let me ask you, you, you said with those kids and we talked about that and, and we're going to go back to Denzel Ward because, yeah, I want Denzel Ward on my show. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we talked about, you good on time? You good? I'm good. All right, I'll the, run my house. <laughs> Okay, this is on tape. <laughs> I say the same I'm thing. So much yeah, brother, I say the same thing. So, but we on, we got this on tape. Oh, my wife, my wife and my daughter could be watching. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Watch we go. We, let's keep moving. Yeah. So we we'll go back to Denzel War. But we start about these kids and getting in there, and you go into these schools. One of the things I will say that the kids who do come to your program are committed. Because the way to get there is usually through a parent or guardian or somebody who's getting them there. So part of that, having the grades and the stuff, even though I ran really fast and they loved me, how important that other phase to that and, and working with that? So you got to understand, I came from a junior college life. Mm -hmm. So there was coaches, there was a lot of hate towards raw talent sports because the high school coaches didn't think that I was minding my own business. And what you mean by that? Because Mark, I, I know, I, you know, I know, I, I, I totally get it because I was in was the thick of it. We, yeah, I was right. I was yeah. in the thick of that. Yeah. So, but explain what was your issues? You think they felt that well, high school coaches can be intimidated mm -hmm. of something that they feel is questioning their, their leadership okay. or their authority, mm -hmm. and more so, a lot of high school coaches sometimes don't. They can coach a game, mm -hmm. but the details of it position specific development mm -hmm. might be removed from them. I'm not well, that's why they got so many coaches. Right. And so, and they don't have a high school coach does not have time to teach mm -hmm. skill technique mm -hmm. as much as is technique to make this play work. Totally agree. Two different things, totally agree. even though they both complement each other. Mm -hmm. And so my business sometimes can question mm -hmm what they don't have time to teach mm -hmm. as if mm -hmm. they're not teaching something that these kids should have. Mm -hmm. Well, there's truth to that, but it's not out of spite. 
no high school coach is not teaching kids proper skill mm-hmm. at the level that they need because they don't want to. They don't have time to. Right. Right. And then there's restrictions on the off season and things of that nature. So you would think that the high school coaches would gravitate towards a raw talent sports. That's why I created it. When I started the program, mm-hmm. I told my high school coach I was going to do this because mm-hmm. I used to do it for Shaker. Mm-hmm. See, people don't realize Shaker was on top. And I'll get back to the subject. Mm-hmm. Shaker was dominating at one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Raw talent was running their program. Right. We kept coming home from school mm-hmm. in the off season, in the summer, mm-hmm. in the winter, and working these boys out. So they were so battle tested going against college guys and grown men pretty much. Mm-hmm. Shaker was running through people for me. Just couldn't beat Ignatius. Mm-hmm. But back to the subject, high school coaches just did not like the questioning me or I'm teaching something. And until they really came up there is when they really started to appreciate it. And, you know, and that's what it had to take because I was part of that. I remember trying to get coaches or going to other programs and, you know, because everybody get excited about it. When you hear about it and you go there, you'd be like, oh, man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you're always telling somebody. But, yeah, there were some coaches who really they thought that, you know, and, and like you say, they couldn't even coach at certain parts of the year. It was a lot of times they couldn't do some hands on stuff. You thought they would appreciate that. Still but to this day, the big I'm eagles. Very disappointed in the black coaches at this point i don't even care no more it's like mm-hmm. it is what it is i won't pull out no names but mm-hmm. there's a lot of african-american coaches will not gravitate towards this mm-hmm. because for whatever the reason mm-hmm. i know some of them. well you know and, and it's been that way because every time i used to catch you was out at one of the white schools coaching <laughs> i mean like where were you at you mm-hmm. like, I'm in yeah. I'm here out there i was like, I was like wow okay bro really, the white coaches yeah have taken to me the most wow. and bring their kids out and say, our kids need this. Mark, kick mm-hmm. their tail and let's mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and then you start getting these kids to school. Mm-hmm. Now that also questions, well, my son, he ain't getting no offers. Well, your kid works out here. So I always felt it was my reason. The community raised a child. Mm-hmm. Once again, going back to how Reverend Harris treated Mount Pleasant community. Mm-hmm. So then this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Going back to our opening statement. Mm-hmm. That was a problem for high school coaches. Mm. When you didn't get this kid an offer for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to even care. Your kid is looking for an offer. Here you go. You know, I know a couple of schools. I think he fits this type. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And then we started taking these kids to HBCUs. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. But it was an issue. HBCUs, HBCUs are hard. They all have no money. They have no offers. They, ha- they 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 not. All right. So you say it's not true. So what's your view on the HBCUs? HBCUs don't come up. What you mean by the that? schools up north? Oh, because you say most of them are in the south, right? All the really, really good ones. All the really good ones. So they figure all their players are down there. They won't use the budget to come up here. And I'm on ATL now. Mm-hmm. I don't mind saying it on this because mm-hmm. it's a shame HBCUs are traditional schools like everybody. You got private, you got state, right? Mm-hmm. I think Hampton is private, right? right? Howard, look at Clark, that's a state school. Mm-hmm. But it's uniquely different from any other college because it's an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Only a certain demographic is going there. Right. So it's somewhat private, no matter what you try to spin it. <laughs> you say it is private. It is private, right? <laughs> so African-American males graduate 33% more HBCU. Mm-hmm. Yet they spend their athletic dollars only in the South, mm. unless you are transferred from some major school. So I, and this is a say, this is every school. It's not just HBCUs. Mm-hmm. When you're competing for a college scholarship, your kid has to be two to three times better than that kid from that state because the wow. state kid only costs this I amount. I see what you're saying. I got you. I, I just call it what you're saying. I got you. Cost this amount. Mm-hmm. But 
they need to change the rule for HBCUs, make it all private, one cost. And therefore you give out scholarship to the kid who deserves it, not just to the kid who is in your state. It, it makes it so much tougher. I have an African-American young man, I want to say he's right, he's a mulatto, mm-hmm. all right, because he's a biracial kid. Mm-hmm. So 6'3", 180, mm-hmm. university school. You know, Mark, that was, you can't say mulatto anymore. You know, you go get culture cancer. <laughs> mulatto, right? Is that, is that yeah, not it? I guess not. You yeah, get, yeah mulatto not. is the appropriate name for it. It is? Yes, yeah, mulatto. Really? Biracial kids. It's called mulatto? Mulatto, yep. That's, that's not a, I haven't heard that in a long yeah. time. <laughs> I didn't know that. My wife is mulatto. My wife really? is Really? And they call them mulattoes. Yeah, well, that's what it's called on the West End for a long time. Yeah, it's oh. mulatto. But, you know, I, 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 yeah. I'm just tripping. I just, yo, no, heard, no, no, I no. heard it so long. I'm like, I'm like, hold on, they killed that you word. Say that? Can I didn't cancel know. that word too? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, so she's biracial. So this kid okay. is six three one eighty. Okay, has a three point seven five GPA mm-hmm. in all AP classes, and he scored. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he scored one of the highest scores. You know, when you take AP classes, mm-hmm. you also have to kind of get a score. Right. So he scored like one of the highest scores. Has a thirteen sixty SAT. Mm. This kid is. Little tight in the hips. He's a track runner as well. Mm-hmm. Raw jumper, going to the top of the nation. I'm promoting him, promoting him, promoting him. Nah, we're good. Mm. You would think you would want to have that kid on your team. This is an African-American kid who did everything the right way. Mm. Nah, they'll take that kid in the transfer portal or that kid who may have gotten a little trouble at mm. Ohio State mm. because you think that that kid is the best fifth year school versus. Wow. That's how it works. So I put the pressure on these schools. And if you notice, who's been up here Winston-Salem State University mm-hmm. has been up here. Mm-hmm. NC well, you know, you started Winston a long time ago. Yeah, that was exactly. one of your first schools, NC wasn't it? Central was the first one. Okay. That coaching staff went to Shaw. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Some of them went to A&T. Some of them went to Central. Mm-hmm. Some went to Shaw. And then that coach Shaw, coach from Shaw, Coach Bullware, ended up going to Winston-Salem State. Mm-hmm. Greg Pruitt Jr. started that. Okay. They put me on to it. Mm-hmm. And then when Ray Williams got in trouble for that murder charge at Benedictine, mm-hmm. We broke our necks to get that boy out of jail, and we got him to Shaw. And Ray went with the Shaw and did well for himself. Got okay. a degree. Okay. T.J. Bolden went with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we started seeing these guys in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and they started really making us earn it. But it kept kept it going. So what do you think about Coach Prime and his decision to move on? I don't feel sorry for the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the particulars, mm-hmm. but he did what he needed to do, which he brought light to HBCUs. That was already there, but he just made it a little more livelier. He made it more. The HBCU community should be very grateful to Coach Prime mm. because people are noticing HBCU. They always been there. Mm-hmm. Like, like I started this whole thing years right. ago, right. but people still didn't know like they know now. And then you see what happened with Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. He went a little too far, mm-hmm. but I understood his passion. Because what I'm telling you, I, you know, is my experience. I think Reed, I don't know what his deal is. Why he, he he's going on Shannon Sharp. He on like everybody. Like, what is he? I don't know if he's trying to get attention himself. Or, what Reed, the heck is what, that all I, about? I feel like he went about just the wrong way. But I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. the experience that he's talking about, mm-hmm. that is real. Okay. I was not there. Well, he and, was a coach. He's yeah, a coach too, right? Yeah. Okay. No, well, he's no longer the coach. Then. All right. Okay. They let him go because mm-hmm. he can't go ranting and think he'll keep a job. <laughs> right. He went off is from is needed. George Floyd passed, right? Okay. Sad. Terrible thing to happen. Mm-hmm. But look the effect of that. When you, when you look at some of the things that happened, some of these people are modern day martyrs 
for a cause, even though they weren't probably living for that cause, but it ended up happening. Look at the effect that it had. Him going on a rant about what was going on, this is happening. And yet you're crying, HBCUs are crying. Mm -hmm. Money has been given over there. It's, it's, it could be really messed up how they deal with things, how they deal with kids, how they deal with Misappropriation people. of money, all that. Jamal. I wasn't there, so I can't say that, but I can tell you right, it doesn't shock me. Mm -hmm. So him going off inappropriately, mm -hmm. I will say that you got a chance to see the good side with Prime mm -hmm. and you got to see the bad side with the passion that Ed Reed is talking about. I just feel like he went about it the wrong way. So you think he going on to do some better things? He used that platform to even do even better. Who, Ed Reed? No, um, Prime. Prime's at Colorado now. Mm -hmm. And so now look at that coaching staff, you know, mm -hmm. it's diverse, but mm -hmm. you're starting to get coaches. Majority of these kids are African-Americans playing in these leagues. Mm -hmm. You need black coaches. He's putting people on. Mm -hmm. um, I had a chance to meet Prime twice. Mm -hmm. And it, man, it was a great story behind that. But I know for a fact that, yeah, he's still Prime, but his heart's in the right place. Mm -hmm. He just offered one of our kids. Yeah, really? He just offered Brian Robinson, this kid who comes down from Austin Town Fish. This kid is 6'5", mm. 255, 16 years old. What are you doing? He plays defense. He has 40 offers. 40 offers. Jesus. Yeah, I I met him years ago, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. He was a quarterback. He came down. Uh, his dad helped us get a van to go down to these 707 uh, uh, at Penn State. Mm -hmm. And I, he just wanted to watch. Raw talent. He's heard about him. His dad's want to watch. The kids want to watch. That kind of threw me off. Red flag. What kid comes all the way down here and just want to watch? You know. Mm -hmm. But he's a different type of kid. He wants to watch. Mm -hmm. He wants to see. And then he said, I want to train here. And then he just started coming all the way from Youngstown and training here two, three times a week. Jeez. And then we went to the showcase in Michigan on the way. You know me, if I'm going to do a showcase, mm -hmm. if college coaches ain't there, we're going to do some college visits. Okay. So I took him to University of Toledo and they offered him. But no offer. He had no offers. Mm -hmm. They saw a size. They took my word and said, this kid going to be the next. And they offered him. Mm -hmm. And then from there, he just took off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so Coach Prime just offered him. His heart's in the right place. He's going to do some powerful things in Boulder, Colorado, which has a story behind that. Yeah. That wasn't the most friendliest place to yeah. African-Americans. No, it wasn't. You know? it wasn't. And then the guy who was the coach who had them on the top, mm -hmm. he's over, he's one of the biggest Christian activists out. Yeah. Really? There's a big story behind that. I forgot that guy's name, but mm -hmm. yeah, he was a coach. Mm -hmm. And ended up being one of the big time. He's on WCRF all the time. Like He's big time. So let's talk about um your we were talking earlier before the show about these young guys and the change in things now. And you've been in it a lot longer than me. Anthony and my kids, they stopped uh, Anthony graduated. He's almost thirty years old now. Mark, believe that? Man, yeah, check that out. That brother's almost thirty years old, man. And he came to you, he was in middle school. Yep. Right. So he's been out and Brandon is thirty. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> now Brandon was a real fast kid. Yeah. There's another. I saw Brandon not too long ago. Really? I, I, I forgot where it was at. He was like, Mark Coach Wiley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you had a lot of kids like yeah. Brandon. Can't do their, had the talent and everything. And just, now what What do you think? How that makes you feel? I know you didn't have a lot of those kids come through and you just be like, this kid, if he could just focus. Well, football is not for everybody. And when, I, when you ask me what is raw talent, I said, it depends on what you ask. Mm -hmm. To a certain aspect, Raw Town is a ministry. Mm. Dad called it a sophisticated daycare center. And he said, if you're not careful, it's a ministry. Mm. He said, so be careful what you do and what you say around those kids and be consistent. Mm -hmm. Mark, I know your temper. I said, nah, Dad, mm -hmm. I got you. 
And I always wanted to be an example because we, football is just a tool. Mm-hmm. You can't use it all your life. Right. But you can use things that you learn from it throughout life. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so what that some kids didn't become football stars? Mm-hmm. For a couple of years, they weren't getting in trouble. Right. For a couple of years on Saturday nights, mm-hmm. parents knew where their kid was at mm-hmm. and they trusted. Some of the parents, after I was just leaving, they would just drop them off, but the majority would stay and watch the show. They want to watch the show. Yeah, right. But they, those kids were around the community. Those kids met other kids and something came out of that. Have you best believe when they left about a yo spot, they weren't going nowhere but home. <laughs> <laughs> you leave about there yeah. on a Saturday, yeah. man. It was yeah, like yeah. they, they yeah. was going home. They was yeah. like, I'm home, I'm done yeah. for the night. That's for sure. So it, it is sort of like a ministry, and you do a lot of work with these kids, and a lot of a lot of your personal time and everything in it. So tell us now on what's the highest working now? You got practice on Saturdays now. Sunday open nights. I stopped doing Saturdays because you know high school athletes. There's always basketball games. It's still mm-hmm. OSHA regulated mm-hmm. things that happen, and you want kids to have an opportunity to get there. Mm-hmm. So Sundays, there's nothing that OSHA is going to restrict them from doing. Okay. So we go on Sundays now, and start off at that time. A good night was, mm-hmm. you know, 60-something kids. Right. A good night. Right. No, that's a bad night. Really? You know, we get a great night on a, on a average, 100. Really? But we've hit about 125, 130. We'll start hitting even higher numbers because what ends up happening is other organizations, from, especially from Michigan, mm-hmm. they'll bring their kids to us to be battle tested. Wow. Just to say, hey, I want to get some work, different faces, Mark. Yeah, there's one. Matter of fact, uh, the school was called, uh, I forgot the name of the school, but out of Michigan, they won a state championship. And the coach texted me. He mm-hmm. said, thank you. So you guys still breaking it up, offense, defense, and still the, same, the thing. same thing. Everybody got position Then coaches. you bring them all together yep. and y'all throw down. Yep. Uh, coach Darden, who used to be yeah, one of them. I mean, Darden's still there? Yeah, he's working. He's helping out the DBs because okay. I have to recognize that I'm not getting younger. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I need to have somebody, if this is going to live, Okay. Past my knees can take it. Right. Right. I can still be in a position to direct. You know, I, 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 I was watching you at uh, Denzel working out on your tape. I was like, is that Mark? Because Denzel, you was telling him to go. He was running. You was like walking real fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day, I was about back to in the day, you was running ah, with those dudes. When my son was there, you was running was with those running, guys. Still yeah, dudes yeah, and they would make you get on the field like, come on, Mark. Man, they did that to me last year. Ooh. I was, and I, you know, I said, you know what, let me get a month to get in shape, right? <laughs> and I went out there and I was destroying guys. Uh-huh. I mean, they was like, Coach Mark. I said, yeah, <laughs> this is what I used to do. One, I was done. I took my shoes off. This one kid called me out. Oh, you gonna take your shoes off? And it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I said, let me shut this dude up. I went to make a move, mm-hmm. and I heard something pop. Ooh. I would wish it was my hamstring. Mm. Have you ever pulled your quad? No. That was uh, one of the most painful things I've ever had in my uh, whole entire life. Uh, and from that point, after I nursed say, up and healed up, say you'd never go through that ever again. Never <laughs> done with it. So, Mark, let's, we're going to get ready to end. I want to talk to you about these kids today, man. We had a little bit about them, and they're different. And everything's different with them, the attitude and everything else. How, what What's going on with these young brothers out here today in the Social streets, media. man? You know, Social media. So, even in the days of gangsterdom, mm-hmm. there was a chain of command. But because of social media, I can become my own boss. Who are you to direct me? Mm. I can do some stupid stuff. And people like it and get paid. Mm-hmm. YouTube, social media is giving out checks mm-hmm. for who can be the most popular. 
mm-hmm. because then they can run TV ads or commercial ads mm-hmm. on their platform mm-hmm. and get paid. And I cut this kid a check. This kid got six million views. Mm-hmm. So who are you? Who's the expert? Mm-hmm. You you know more than me, but I got more money than you. Doesn't that make me the expert? Mm. So there's no real guidance. Leadership has fallen to the side. These parents are these kids' friends. Mm. You know, um, I was just telling D- D- uh, Denzel that, you know, some of the flaws I see in some of these universities when they recruit DBs is they're just getting the best athlete. Mm. But defensive back, you just can't be a best athlete. It's a mentality. Your ability only take you so far. The mentality is what's going to make you next level. Mm-hmm. These kids' mentality, these kids have abilities. These kids are gifted because they're resources out and they got resources. So, and these kids can go online and figure this stuff out. They can build a computer. They can build a TV. Mm-hmm. They, but it's the, the process, some of the process, the hard work, some of the things that they take for granted. I feel that's being missed in our program and in with our kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really bad. These parents want to be friends or they're absent, period. Mm-hmm. I'm over at Nathan Hill volunteering and it's, 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 it's rough over there. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different level of kid because the parents, the adults are really failing these kids. Remember back in the day, you couldn't even cuss around me. Right. Right. Not right. these kids. If right. adult can do what they want to do, but a kid, mm-hmm. who are you to be cussing around all these other parents? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm hey, every five seconds, hey, watch y'all's mouth. Right. Because they're so used to doing it at home. These parents, they're just lowering their standards because they're just worried about so much other things. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's a problem. It really is, man. You know, I I bring on all my guests and I ask them the same question. You know, what's going on? What do you think the problem is out there? Do you got any solutions? And I'm saying that, man, because I'm hoping somebody come on here with an answer at one day or maybe just keep listening to it till something really sticks. But it's it's a real challenge today of especially the African-American male. It's bad. I started my whole I started a foundation Mm -hmm. called Train Up a Child. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose is to give. Speed, strength training, mm-hmm. skill development training, mm-hmm. mentorship mm-hmm. to athletes from impoverished communities, at-risk mm-hmm. communities. So what we're doing now, mm-hmm. um, we're meeting with some people about some big money things. Mm-hmm. That that young man, I mean, I was minutes away from when that kid got shot in the head or John Adams. Because wow. that Nathan Hill was right on, right on right, the corner. Right. And we saw the police going there. And I had talked to this one lady before about my program and mm-hmm. people give me money to get started. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is something powerful. Mm-hmm. We can help change this. These kids want to be guided. Mm-hmm. And they fear adults. They just don't know to fear. Mm-hmm. They have not been instructed. Mm-hmm. But when you give them, you dangle something that they want. Mm-hmm. All right, now let me show you how to go get it. And you as the adult, the instructor, have to be patient to understand that you're about to deal with some stuff now. Mm-hmm. And you got to find different creative ways, going back to my pa- my dad, my mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. of how to get to that kid's mind, how to trick them, to get them where they got to go. And now you're looking at, oh, being better in their sport. Oh, now they're looking at possibly looking at getting their grades so they can play the sport. Oh, now you're looking at college. Oh, now, oh, this is how I conduct myself. Oh, now I'm going to bus tour. Mm-hmm. This is how I conduct myself in a hotel. See, these kids from raw talent, they got that. They got that. They got that. Yeah. You, 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 you're doing it, like you say, in your way. It's the same way of the kids who get on the bus and they take them to all these different schools for college. They teach them how things to be proper before they get there. You do the same thing with your college chores and your stuff to do there. And I, we want more people to support 
what you're doing with that. And we'll use our platform to help you with that. And we'll be leaving information in our comments below on how you can get in touch with Mark, as well as links to his website and that kind of thing. So you can check out what they're doing over at Raw Talent Sports. And if you have a kid that you want to come there to learn, they can't. And not just if they're playing football. You may have a son. Uh, and oh, before we go, so that we don't get canceled culture, uh, canceled, I guess. Women. You yeah. do work out women. We oh, haven't yeah. said nothing about the women. You do uh, train. You, hey, you know, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I got to go back to Denzel because we want Denzel on our <laughs> show. But we, but we go back to women. You do train women because my daughter, yeah. I had her coming there for a little bit when she yeah. was doing softball. I got track runners right now. We got girls who uh, run track. I'm mm -hmm. one of the top it, uh, tennis players out of mm -hmm. uh, out of Cleveland, Ohio, out of Northeast mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. Was a young lady, uh, Tina. I forgot her last name. She she played in junior Wimbledon and all that stuff. Okay. Um, our uh, Russian instructor Oksana Billinson mm -hmm. was bringing tennis players to me left and right. Mm -hmm. For mobility. Yep. Because mm -hmm. that type of defensive back stuff. She was like, "Oh my God!" You know, mm -hmm. yeah, this is how DBs move. We're the best athletes on the planet. I don't you know what? They, they, I'm just sitting there thinking about it. When they run back, crossing, changing direction, Hip fluidity, all that. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, tennis. Like that. Acceleration, deceleration. So if you do want to play tennis, that you might want to consider what he's saying here. Our that training might, will yeah. get you in tip-top shape. I start mm -hmm. getting baseball players, softball, mm -hmm. baseball, all of that, especially outfielders, because mm -hmm. once again, DB same stuff, thing, change the direction, change. right? It's just good stuff to have. So, yeah, we mm -hmm. trade them all. It don't matter. Trade them all. He does women and he does men. So, Three state championship rugby team, girl rugby teams, Lakewood, uh, wow. state champs, yeah. So, no, Mark is on his craft, and he's a good guy, and he gives not just good um, – sports advice, but he's there to mentor your kids as well. So, Mark, I want to thank you for coming on our program tonight. And like I told you, man, as always, we close our program. We're going to let you talk here to this camera right here, man, and tell everybody what you want to know, man. Take your time. You can say whatever you want, but make sure you give them how they can get in contact with you because that's no the most problem. important part. All right, go ahead. Uh, I would say uh, one of the main things as a parent that when you have an athlete, mm -hmm. um, one of the main things you want to consider is, one, understanding the sport. Don't just put your kid in the sport and leave it just up to your high school coach. And that's no knock on a high school coach. But that man or woman has responsibility of 50 plus kids, depending on how many kids on their team, from seniors, current to rising seniors to that special talent that you can't mess that up. You have a due diligence to get an understanding of not just the sport that your kid plays, but also the position that he or she may play, uh, how recruiting works. Get to understand that type of stuff. Invest in your child. Your kid can only do so much at the high school. Find ways to make sure your kids is getting the athletic development, the position-specific skill development, tournaments. I know this stuff costs, uh, but it costs more when you're getting them in and out of situations with the, with the courthouse mm -hmm. or when you're having to pay for college you know, or just trying to get he or she to be motivated. It costs you more from living in your room, you know, in your house. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it costs more in your psyche. Invest now. You know, the Kevin Hart tickets, it can wait. I went, but, you know, I've always made sure that I did those things to make sure my kids are in the right place. Because if you want something, you got to put some skin in the game too. So I, I really want parents, and I'm going to start a platform on my website where just informing parents on the do's and don'ts and things to look out for when it comes to recruiting. Some things that your high school coach may have said, but you couldn't make it to that particular meeting. You know, the community raised a child. Get involved. You got high school football players. It is not enough 
to have just a great skill athlete because I'm telling you right now, the transfer portal has changed the game. You got college kids who are already three-star, four-star, five-star offer kids. They're going to college and, and they're transferring to schools. So you're not just competing against another high school scholarship kid. You're also competing against kids who are currently already in college. So invest. Put your kid at training. If you're in Northeast Ohio, you should most definitely come to Rawtown Sports. You go to the website, rawtownsports.org. If you're less fuortunate, um, you can go to um, tuacf.org and email me there, and we can look at how we can help get your kid trained up, transportation, get it paid for. If you have a heart because of the big work that we're trying to do in the inner city community, mm-hmm. and I was just reached out to by Shaw, University, uh, Shaw High School mm-hmm. um, Athletic Director, we need to gain money to help put trainers and people in place for girls volleyball, girls mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. We got to get it done. We cannot leave these kids behind because when they don't have nothing to do, they'll find something to do. Mm-hmm. You worrying about how you could have did something and you ain't do nothing. So you go to tuacf.org, trainupachildfoundation.org, mm-hmm. and you can donate there to help the cause and we can do some big noise in the city of Cleveland. Hey, so that's Mark Harris, Raw Talent Sport. Look in our comments or look in our description below. I'm going to have all that information and those links to how you can donate to his program. And come check him out. Mark, where do you guys work out at? We're back in Valley View at the mm-hmm. Old Dome. Oh, at the Old Dome, yeah, out in so Valley View. We made it. It's really nice. Oh, yeah. and do they put another dome up? Nope. It's a hard ceiling mm-hmm. and uh, it's really nice. 100-yard field, okay. 60-yard wide. Mm-hmm. I got my weight room in there. I got mm-hmm. the speed train uh, track in there. So mm-hmm. this is that's where I train everybody at now. Yeah, come check him out, man, and you'll be very impressed. And he take them little, so you don't have to be in high school. We talking small Friday nights, Friday nights, youth kids, all the way up. And it's a very good thing if you want to get those kids tired and bring them home. Take those youth to that Friday night youth thing. He runs the hell out of them. Trust me. All right, we'll see you on next episode. Thanks. This is Strategic Moves with Ken Dow.